What's up? Welcome to Where in the Sports World. I'm your host, Travis Seldridge. First off, huge thank you to everybody who listened to the first episode of the show. That, of course, featured former Maryland basketball star Mello Trimble. If you missed that, head back into the archives to listen, or you can watch on YouTube or the FTF Next app. Second episode in, we're already bringing on an all-star, former Major League Baseball all-star, Matt Moore, my guest today. He's a left-handed pitcher who came up through the Tampa Bay Rays minor league system. That, after being drafted by the Rays straight out of high school, went on to become an all-star pitcher, appearing in the 2013 all-star game at City Field in New York. But now, his game has taken him overseas. He's currently pitching in the Pacific League over in Japan. He's there pitching for the SoftBank Hawks, who are the reigning three-time Japan Series champion. So he's pitching for one of the best teams in the league. And he was kind enough to give me a bunch of time during this interview. We discuss everything from why this isn't his first time living in Japan, a unique story there, to coming within one out of a no-hitter in the MLB, to if he remembers the three guys he got out in that 2013 All-Star game. He pitched one inning. He faced three batters. We'll quiz him, see if he remembers those three All-Stars he faced. We're all over the map right now with Matt Moore. Matt, this is Where in the Sports World. That's the podcast and show, so you got to let me let everyone know. Where in the sports world are you right now? Yeah, this season I'm playing with the uh, Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks, and uh, we're in Fukuoka, Japan, and uh, enjoying it, definitely. It's got to be such a unique time for you because this is your first season playing in Japan, and obviously there are so many other things going on in the world. What is this year been like from back in uh, the kind of the winter months when you originally signed this contract to then going through everything you had to go through to get there, including getting your family there? Yeah, I, I definitely think there's been a few more ups than downs. Um, you know, was without my family, I think for about uh, maybe five weeks or so, I think. Yeah, about that, uh, four or five weeks. And, and you know, had a, everything was, was relatively normal through February into March. Um, and then, you know, as the virus started to pick up and once we shut down and had a, you know, we kind of got rid of, of regular baseball uh, practice and just kind of were doing our own thing at the stadium. Um, you know, once it picked back up, it ramped up pretty quick and started to feel normal again. And I think, you know, as of last week, we're about half capacity at the stadium. So I think there's somewhere around 20,000 fans, uh, you know, in, in our ballpark. Um, but overall, you know, uh, this is my second time uh, ever living in Japan. Uh, so, but, you know, at my age now, um, definitely have a new perspective. And it's nice to be able to share it with my, my wife and our, our little boy. Baseball-wise, for people who aren't familiar with the NPB and more specifically the Pacific League, which you're playing in, where do you kind of rate the baseball in terms of where you've been throughout your career and your past experiences? Uh, well, at times it feels, uh, you know, as, as high quality as, as ever. You know, I mean, it, I think it's just a different approach to the game. Um, you know, while in the States, it seems to be a little more power oriented, uh, a little more uh, shallow, I guess you could call it, you know, 
not every out, you know, it means as much as it does here. And, you know, they, they battle through each of that, you know, um, all the way to the end. And, and, you know, striking out here is, is something that you can tell the hitters take pride in and not, uh, not giving in, you know, they, they battle really, you know, throughout the, the bat. Um, so, you know, I think just in general, having a, you know, figuring out how to pitch to contact, um, you know, is, is something a little bit means a little bit different than pitching a contact back, uh, you know, in the States, but, um, you know, from a team standpoint, you know, it's, it's, it's still the same, you know, you still have, uh, you know, you still have your stars, you still have, you know, the, the guys that you can just tell, you know, they sleep baseball, um, you know, you got your comedians. It's been, it's been fun getting to fit into a new clubhouse. I was talking with Reed Garrett, who's a, a closer there in the Pacific League, another uh, fellow American guy who had spent some time in, in the major leagues before. And he was mentioning that same thing in terms of battling and that, like, there'll be a guy that you feel like you've got two strikes on, it's an 0-2 count, and they'll foul off, like, five or six pitches. And it's got to be so frustrating for you. What is it, what's the adjustment been like to try to pitch to some of those guys who you know, they may not be able to get a hit, but they're going to force it to a full count and they're going to find a way to get on base. Yeah, some, sometimes, uh, you know, I think our approach has been, uh, you know, to aim a little more over the heart of the plate, you know, because if you're trying to make pitches on, on, the, on the corners, um, you know, or on the outside part of the zone, I think they can let the ball travel a little farther and, you know, kind of just fight you off down that, down the line somewhere or just just get a piece of it so I think kind of forcing the matter they obviously want to put the ball in play they're choked up they're short in their swing uh, so at, at times we're definitely kind of just aiming you know more over the heart of the plate to kind of force the matter instead of kind of picking around the zone and, and you know giving them more of a chance to work out the end of the bat but um, yeah I think just in general you know the there's a uh, you know, that, that third strike, you know, you could tell it's, it's something that they're going to make you earn and it's something they take pride in. The small ball, too, is something that I've noticed is really unique. I haven't seen this many bunts in a, in a long time in watching baseball. When's the last time you saw this much small ball played so consistently, even in a league that has the DH? Yeah, I don't think I have played, you know, at any level um, with this many sacrifice bunts. Uh, you know, obviously in high school, it'll happen here and there, but uh, in the minor leagues, it's more about development. So they want that guy to get that at bat and so they can give it up to the team. Um, you know, and then getting into the big leagues, playing most of my career in the AL, um, I guess somebody had done some math somewhere that says, you know, you're better off just letting the guy swing it. But, you know, I've had you know, one out sacrifice bunts, you know, and the way I kind of look at it as if I'm fielding my position and I'm sound with those fundamentals, it's an out, you know, I, I'm getting closer to the end of the inning. Um, you know, it's more about execution. And I think that's a part of Japanese baseball is they put the pressure on you to make sure you can execute. And, you know, over my first couple of games, I think they're, uh, you know, kind of seem to be like, okay, you know, I, I have, I have some work that I need to, you know, get back to as far as being able to think about anticipating, getting off the mound, uh, you know, just certain footwork and fundamentals of getting the ball to first base, uh, 
you know, communicating with my teammates is, has been something that we've been working on as well. So walk me through the original discussions you have with your agent that where playing in Japan becomes an option for you and all the different discussions you have leading up to you signing a contract and deciding that this was going to be your spot for at least this year. Yeah, last season, uh, my second start of the year, um, really out of nowhere, I had never had any problem with my knee before. And I'm just going over to cover the base. Uh, I think Maryfield did a ground ball to my first base. And I'm, I kind of, you know, react to go over there and I feel a pop in my knee. But I could still walk, so I thought I was fine. It was the last pitch of the inning. The trainer had me throw one pitch down in the cage underneath the dugout. And my knee buckled. Long story short, I had to have uh, my meniscus repaired, which I always, you know, I didn't think it would be a season-ending type of deal, but it, it turned out to, to I missed the whole season for them repairing my meniscus instead of just taking it out. And as I'm, I'm making my way back, um, you know, I'm starting to think about next year. I think the playoffs, you know, are, are over and whatnot. Uh, my agent asked me if, if I had any, have I ever thought of it? And I, I had, you know, so this, this was just a great opportunity for me to, to be able to, to pick up and, and get a healthy season under my belt. And so you've mentioned that you had some experience in Japan before. You, you were there when you were a kid. Uh, you, your father was stationed there uh, as, as part of the United States military. What did that experience do for just your comfortability level of going to a foreign country that, I mean, I think for most American baseball players, they had never been to Japan. So it's a completely new thing. At least you had some experience having been in the country for a couple of years. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, you know, I talked to my dad, my, my mom and brother about this is it's a little different being uh, fully immersed in the culture. You know, when I was on Kadena Air Force Base in Okinawa, um, there was a, a lot more amenities, a lot more things that we were used to. Uh, you know, obviously the language was, was, was an issue. So um, I didn't have any second thoughts, you know, it was, it was really trying to figure out if it was something that my, my wife wanted to, to experience, you know, with, you know, we had a, we have a one-year-old now, so he was really young back then when we were talking about it you know, nine, 10 months ago, but, um, you know, for the most part, it's been, uh, you know, nothing but excitement and wonder, you know, it's something, you know, I'm 31, my wife's, you know, 20, 29. So it's, it's something where we're in a great spot in our life to be able to experience something like this. And I think we are, you know, trying to, to, to take, take it for what that is. You know, it's, it's, it's a life experience as much as it is a, a chance for me to continue playing baseball. Um, and so far, you know, we've, uh, we've really, you know, kind of hit a groove here over the last couple of months since things started to open back up. Yeah, have you been able to experience a little a little bit of the country and, and experience something new? Yes, you know, probably not as much as uh, you know maybe a, a a normal circumstance season would go. You know, my wife hasn't been able to travel with us to any you know on any road trips. Um, but as far as the local scenery here around Fukuoka, um, you know, we've been able to to do a couple things uh, for sure. So. You know, it's, it's something that, you know, we still have a couple months left here, but 
Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been good. We've you know I think the weather's starting to to get back to being really nice, so we've been going to the beach a lot more. And, and hey, life could be a lot worse, right? Yeah, I, th I think I read somewhere you're you're near the beach, at least where you're at. Yeah, we we live uh, in Momochihama, which is it's right on the beach. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's great. We've uh, we really lucked out there. So take me back to when you're first coming out of high school, because you have the experience uh, that not a lot of players get the chance to have. That you're pretty highly drafted guy coming straight out of high school in New Mexico. You were one of the best players in the state. How difficult is it as a 18, 19 year old kid to make that decision? I'm going to play pro baseball and then get thrown into the vast kind of mammoth task. It seems like to getting through a minor league system when you come in at 18, 19 years old. Yeah, I would say I was, uh, you know, a bit naive, you know, <laughs> to say the least, because my first spring training, you know, I sign and I, I go straight to short season. There's 30 guys on my team. Okay, cool. It's rookie ball. It's 30 guys. They're all mostly high school guys themselves. Um, but when I went to my first spring training and there's 150 players in the same locker room and that those aren't even the 40 man roster guys or the big league guys, there's just, 150 minor league guys, you know, I kind of remember seeing my scout and being like, man, I didn't, I didn't know I had to go through all these guys, you know, and at the time Tampa Bay, I think had six minor league levels. Um, I spent my first two seasons at their lowest rookie, rookie ball level. Um, you know, and then I went to low A and high A, double A, triple A the same year, but it was, you know, I think something that, uh, you know, you either grow up quick or, you know, you kind of get left in, the, left in the dust. And, you know, from, I think, you know, from around that age, 16, 17, I kind of always had this, you know, this feeling that, uh, you know, I had a lot of work to do that, that I wasn't good enough where I was. And I think that, that kind of, you know, that feeling of scarcity, you know, played into my hand, allowing me to, get out of my comfort zone and, you know, start training at a different gym or start talking to, to different guys, trying to, trying to figure a way out to, to just last, to get as far as I could, you know, and I don't think it was until the very end, maybe in 2011, sometime I, I, I really started to believe, all right, you know, I, I might have a chance to get there, you know, but it took a few years to, you know, to kind of find, find myself and, and figure out, uh, you know, at least a, a path that I can, I can start down. You mentioned 2011. That's the year you, you make your initial uh, debut in September. But before that, you're in AAA with the Durham Bulls, who at, at the time, the, the AAA affiliate for the Rays. And I have to ask, how many times did you watch the movie Bull Durham knowing that you were playing with the Durham Bulls? Yeah, at the time, I had seen it, you know, a handful of times. It's the... Uh... It's the type of movie I think every every ball player probably has seen, you know, like with Sam Lott or you know any of the other baseball uh, grades. But um, I I think I was there for maybe six eight weeks or something like that. And at the time, that was you know probably to this day, if that was my most successful year as a baseball player. So at the, at the time, things were coming pretty easy to me. So I do remember enjoying myself there and. 
you know, getting to, to be a part of that, uh, you know, a little bit of that historic stadium and, and just team in general was, was pretty fun. Big league debut. Is it all that it's hyped up to be? Uh, as far as uh, nerves go, yeah. You know, I mean, I was I was having a hard time feeling the end of my fingertips. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't because it was cold weather. It was just you had that nerve you couldn't quite shake. Uh, luckily, yeah, we were playing at, you know, not a, not a great Baltimore team that year. And I came in after Wade Davis. Uh, I believe it was already a losing game. Um, so just to kind of get my feet wet, um, you know, it was, I think I gave up a home run. I think Matt Wieters might have hit a home run off me. I'm not, not 100% sure. But, yeah, you know, it was the team, as I got called up, you know, they were playing really well and, and trying to get into that wild card spot. Um, so it just wound up, you know, that, that last month of baseball, uh, you know, is, is probably, you know, as much fun as I've ever had playing, just trying to get that, that last spot. You know, we're chasing down a 200 plus million dollar payroll Red Sox. And, you know, we're a lot, a bunch of young guys and a lot of guys with no experience and only a handful of veterans. Um, that was that was a, a great year for us. So uh, another great year ultimately ended up being 2013 for you. You have a chance to play in the MLB All-Star Game at City Field. I wonder that experience, how amazing is it? Not only you're in the All-Star Game, which is a check in its own, but you're in New York City and it's Mariano Rivera out there. Like sum up that whole experience. Yeah, I think, you know, that was that was the year he retired. And I know I remember in the in the locker room before the game, you know, he had he had a couple things he wanted to say and uh, you know just how long he had played and how short of time it actually felt like it was to him and how quick it felt like things had had come to an end, you know, uh, was probably what stuck out the most. And I I'm sure he played for you know, probably somewhere 15 to 20 years. Um, and, you know, from that being his last last year, I had never, you know, met him before that moment, but there definitely was, uh, you know, a little bit of emotion when he went out and, and pitched his inning and, and came off the field, um, just appreciating not only the player he is, but, you know, understanding a little bit more about him after that the things he's involved in off the field and the type of person he is, um, you know, he's as big as it gets, but he, he had time for everybody and, you know, felt very genuine. So August 25th, 2016, you're with the Giants. I'm sure you probably know where I'm going with this. You get into the ninth inning, two outs, no hitter. Corey Seager comes up. What do you remember going through your mind before that final batter you faced? Uh, I don't really know if I remember anything specific, um, but I've, you know, I've watched that, that inning a few times since then. Uh, and, you know, I think just a matter of, uh, you know, he's a good hitter and I, I made a good pitch. He just happened to get just enough of it, uh, to get out there between my second base and my right fielder. But, you know, in general, uh, looking back at that start, I needed a good start. That was, you know, maybe three starts into my Giants stint. And, uh, you know, I hadn't pitched too well up until that point. So I was just happy to, to get us, 
a win against the rivalry team. Um, you know, it would it would have been great to be able to finish that that ninth inning there and kind of you know carve out a piece of something for myself. But uh, you know, it was it was great. That year wound up being a ton of fun as well. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely I think about that often. How do you choose to remember that? Because I, I think there's some people you look and you have the bright side where you went eight and two thirds and no hit baseball. You get the win and, and it's exactly what you say. But there's also part of you that goes, man, I was this close. Like, how do you choose to remember? it? Uh, well, it seems like the farther away I get from it, the more bitter I get. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think initially, hey, cool, we get a win. It was a getaway game, so we were heading back to San Francisco after the game. Everybody's in a good mood. You know, I still got a beer shower out of the whole deal, so that was fun. Um, but, yeah, the farther I get away from it, you know, it's one of the memories that, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, or, you know, just kind of the way things worked out. Uh, you know, I believe that, you know, it was just meant to be that way. All right, so I won't keep you too much longer, but we, we got a kind of quick hitting segment here at the end. Uh, three for the road. So three questions, kind of like all over the map uh, to have a little bit of fun with you, all right? All right. Uh, first one, back to the Bull Durham thing. Favorite baseball movie ever? I would say Sandlot. Okay, why? Uh, I think it just takes me back to, you know, one of my favorite part about baseball when I was a kid was the hot dog after the game. You know, it was it, being with your friends, you know, it was probably the last time we we really truly played the fun, played the game and, you know, had the most fun. So all-star game we hit on 2013 City Field. Do you remember the three batters you got out in the fifth inning? Uh, I think Carlos Gonzalez. It's one. Javier Molina. Yep. And... I don't remember the third. It's uh, another Rocky, Troy Tulowitzki. Troy Tulowitzki. Who was was there any batter that you wish you would have faced in that All Star game, or are you just happy to get out of it with without any issues? I was definitely just happy to get out of it with any <laughs> issues in the bullpen. I I bet I threw twenty pitches, and my catcher might have caught one for a strike. I mean, I was overthrowing him, short hopping him, uh, and. At that time, I was throwing pretty hard, so I, I can only imagine he was probably just as happy to get me out of there as I was, but um, wound up working out and getting three up, three down, uh, so it was fun. All right, and final one for you. First thing you bought when you got that first big league check? First thing I bought? Uh... Or, like, first big purchase where you're like, oh, man, like that. now I feel like I've made it because I, I can, like, afford this. Yeah, I bought a Cadillac uh, in 2013. I bought a Cadillac. I uh, traded in I had a Chevy Malibu that I had I had for a few years. Uh, so I, I bought a I bought a Cadillac, and uh, that was that was for sure my first big ticket item. Well, Matt, we appreciate you taking some time. I know it's been a busy time for you over there in Japan. We've had a lot of fun watching your starts. We'll keep watching you, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. We'll catch up again sometime down the road. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Travis.